This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday night, isn't it? Amen. Well, we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, well, the title tonight is this. It's called Praise Your Way to Victory. Praise Your Way to Victory. And I think a lot of times that we lose sight, we lose focus of how important it is that we praise God, that we praise the Lord. And, you know, all of us are like, you know, we even throw the phrase out, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But when you become a person of praise, you're a dangerous person to the enemy. When you become a person that can praise God through any circumstance, you become a dangerous person to the enemy. And I want to show you a few things tonight that that I believe have really uh, they've changed my life and I know they're going to change yours. But you've got to get this. okay? praise and worship is not just the music time of the service. Some people are like, I get, hey, what's praise? Oh, that's when they do the, the music time of the service before they get into this preaching time of the service. And then we do the announcement time and then we go home. What? Praise and worship is just the music time of the service? It is not just the music time. It's when we have a chance to praise. When we have a chance to get into the very presence of God. So it's not just song time. It's not just music time. It is the time to get into the very presence of God and invite Him into your life to have His way. It's a time for you to submit. It's a time for you to bow down. It's a time for you to glorify the name of God. And it's not about you at that moment. It's not about what what God can do for you. It's about you lifting up the name of Jesus and laying yourself to the side. It's not a selfish time. It's a selfless time where you're focusing on God Almighty. So praise and worship is not just the music time, the song time, because I can tell you this. I've sang a lot of songs in my day. I mean, you can go, you can go out and turn the radio on right now. You can sing songs, but they're not going to change your life, right? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great singers in this world, but they're just singing songs. They just got, they may be talented musically. They may be talented with their voice, but that is not enough to bring in the presence of God. That is not enough to change your life. In fact, some songs will bring you down. Some songs will make you a whole lot worse off than you were beforehand. But when you praise God, listen, the world sings songs. I sing praises to God. And so it's up to you. I mean, if, if this, if, if, if it's just song time, if it's just music time and that's all it ever is, you, and you only do it at church, listen, no wonder you don't get the results. No wonder you're not having breakthrough in your life. Because if you're a person that praises God at home too, if you're a person that praises God outside of these four walls, you're a person that probably gets breakthroughs all the time. You're a person that probably has victory after victory. You probably have the joy of the Lord all the time. You probably got the peace of God because you praise God all the time. You don't just do it at song time, music time at church. You are a praiser. Amen. And so I want to I want to challenge you a little bit tonight. I want to I want to speak some some truth into your life. And I want you to see what a powerful force that praise is. And if you need victory, does anybody need victory? 
Does anybody give I mean, there's some areas, there's some strongholds, there's some walls that need to come down in your life. I'm going to tell you how to do it tonight. Amen. And so let's go ahead and get into this word. I want to pray and we're going to tackle this topic right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that we have a church to worship in. We thank you that we have a place we can come and and, and be together and sing your praises. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as we are gathered together tonight in your name, that you're going to be right here in our midst. You're going to speak to us, Lord, and you're going to change us and bring us up to that level that you need us to be at. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said... So the first thing I'm going to say tonight is this, and and this isn't sacrilegious, okay? The first thing I'm going to say is this, is you need more than prayer to win the battle. You need more than prayer to win the battle. And you're like, well, I'm not belittling prayer at all. That's the entire theme of this church for this year is prayer. I am not belittling or demeaning or, or making light of prayer whatsoever. But the truth is, most Christians already know that if you're in the battle, you're going to pray, right? If you're any people that aren't, aren't even Christians, I mean, people that, that they pray when times get tough. So that's obvious. Everybody knows when the battle comes, you're going to go to prayer. We get that. So if prayer was the only thing that it took to get a breakthrough in your life, how come all of us aren't just breakthrough champions and the walls are all tore down and we're all just walking the victory every day of our lives? If it was only prayer, that is a huge part of it. We are not belittling that, but I'm telling you, there's more than one weapon to this spiritual warfare, right? I mean, does our does our military only have one weapon? They all only carry M16s and that's it. That's it. Nothing else. Only carry that rifle and that'll win every battle you ever need. There's only one weapon that you could ever possibly need. No, that's a great weapon. That's one bit of it. But they have lots of different weapons for the warfare. And so many Christians, they only basically have one weapon. They just throw out a prayer in desperation and call it spiritual warfare. That's not spiritual warfare. Anybody's going to go to their knees in prayer when things get tough. That is not spiritual warfare. Prayer is part of it. And prayer is more than just, dear God, get me out of this one. You need to be praying some powerful prayers. You need to be praying some faith prayers. You need to be praying some prayers that are full of the Word of God. Right? We know that much. But I'm telling you, you already know to pray when you're in the middle of the battle. You already know that. And I'm pretty sure you're already doing that. I at least hope you are, because it doesn't take a very bright person to pray when things get tough. But the truth of the matter is this. Most people don't realize that one weapon, one way to winning the battle, one way to bringing those walls down is to praise God in the midst of the storm. Some people, I'll I'll praise God when the walls are down. Anybody can do that. Remember when David beat Goliath? It says before that everybody was so afraid, even King Saul, who was taller and stronger than everybody in Israel, it says his knees were knocking. And then David actually killed the giant. Then everybody comes crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah! And they start praising God. They start shouting and they chase the Philistines off into the hills. Where were you guys at when the giant was still there? You had to wait till the giant came down before you could shout. That's not very courageous. I'm looking for people that can shout while the giant's still breathing down their neck. Amen? 
We're looking for people that can walk around the walls of Jericho and they can shout when that wall is standing as high as they can possibly see and they can still shout at that wall and bring the walls down. Amen? And so if you have to wait, well, I'll praise God when I get through this thing. It ain't going to happen, man. That wall is going to be there for the rest of your life. You need to learn that you can praise God in the midst of the battle, while the wall's still there, while the giant's still there, you need to learn how to praise God along with your prayer, along with reading the word. Those are all great things, but you have got to realize there's some power in your praises. Amen? So let's take a look at a story here in the Old Testament of one of your favorite kings of Judah. Of course, I'm talking about Jehoshaphat. That's your favorite. Okay. So let's look back here at Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Who's having a good time? Second Chronicles chapter 20. And here we have King Jehoshaphat of Judah. He found himself in a really bad predicament right here. There had been several armies that joined forces and were heading to attack Judah. They were getting teamed up on. Not by one nation, by a whole bunch of enemies. Have you ever been teamed up on all at once by by the devil and all his little buddies? I mean, you don't you're you're not just fighting one devil here. You, I mean, you've got you're surrounded by the enemy, and that's what was happened to happening to Judah here. And so, Jehoshaphat, being a pretty godly king, he's fasting, he's praying. Does everybody prays when it gets tough? I mean, he's praying, he's fasting, he's begging, pleading God for help. And I want to just, let's just pick up this story here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse 12. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? And I think I hear a lot of people praying like that right now. God, are you going to do anything? Would you just stop the enemy? We are powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And sometimes you're in that spot. If you knew what to do, you would have already done it. But you don't know what to do. And so I've been there like I, I really I have no idea what to do right now. So he's looking to God for help. Verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah. Wow, what a heritage. A Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, and listen, King Jehoshaphat. He's talking to everybody. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Really, because we're surrounded right now and we're terrified. He says, no, don't be afraid. And don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's good news. Because if this battle was mine, I'd be terrified right now. But just like David said, David said the exact same thing when he was fighting Goliath. He said, the battle is the Lord's. That's a battle I can win. If the battle is all about me, I'm probably not going to win. But this man says, listen, the battle, this isn't your battle. This is God's battle. Verse 16, tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. So we're going to win, but we don't have to fight. How do you win a fight that you don't fight? Doesn't make any sense. But he said, oh, you're going to win the fight. 
but only if you don't fight. What does that mean? Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now that all sounds motivational. That all sounds super good. Okay, I'm going to win the fight, but I don't have to fight. I get that, okay? Praise the Lord for that. The battle is the Lord's. We all say amen to that. But still, these people are sitting there wondering, how's this going to happen? And a lot of times you're sitting there, you've got the promises of God. You're like, well, God promised me victory, but I just don't know how right now. I don't know how this is going to happen. How am I going to go out there and win victory? It sounds great. It sounds motivational. But how is this going to happen? Well, check this out, because Jehoshaphat is given one of the most amazing battle plans of all time. And it seems like one of the craziest ones, but it's only crazy if it doesn't work, right? And a lot of times people think you're crazy for your faith. But listen, it's only crazy if it don't work. This stuff works. The word of God works. And so you can laugh and make fun of me all day long as I'm dancing the victory and you're over there wondering what happened. Verse 21. I promise to not dance anymore tonight. Verse 21. And so this is what happens. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. What? Singers are usually not the manliest men. But anyway, singing to the Lord. Singing to the Lord. And praising Him for His holy splendor. And this is what they sing. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. Well, there's one of the three armies that's gone and Israel didn't have to do anything except sing. They just sang. And then two of the enemies ganged up on the other enemy and killed every single one of them. Well, okay, one down, two more to go. And so look at this. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. So Israel or Judah shows up that day for the battle and all they see is dead body. The enemy has already been defeated. They didn't have to lift a finger. All they had to do was show up and sing. And you want to tell me that praise is not one of the weapons that God has given us? Can you imagine we're going to war and the general says, we're sending in the Navy SEALs. We're sending in the Marines. We're going to send in the Rangers. But first, get the worship band. Tune your guitars, boys. You're going in first. Fire that guy, man. Weirdo. What's going on? But it's only crazy if it doesn't work. And so they had the warriors. They had the elite. Judah had a good military. And they were all ready to fight. They weren't afraid. They were, they were going to fight, no doubt about it. But first, let's send in the singers. Let's send in the worship band. And what happens when you choose to praise in the midst of battle? It confuses the enemy. They turned on each other. They didn't, they didn't have to fight them. They fought themselves. And so sometimes the devil thinks, oh, we've got him surrounded now, man. We have got this guy cornered. 
This is it. He's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea which way we're going to hit him. But then you start praising God. He's like, wait a minute. What, what's he doing right now? And you're like, thank you, Jesus. I love you. I praise your name. Lord, if you are for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. And you start praising God. The enemy's like, what's go-? and And it causes confusion in the enemy camp because he thought he had you. And then the enemy turns on. They All three armies killed themselves off. Judah walks onto the top of the hill. And all they see is dead bodies everywhere. What's up with that? There is power when people choose to praise God. And I'm telling you, man, go ahead, pull all your resources together. But I challenge you to send in the praise. First of all, what would happen if the next time you were in a bad situation, if you just instantly began praising God, what would happen? What do you think about that? I'm telling you tonight, there is power in your praise. We all pray when we're in trouble, but what if we praised when we're in trouble too? Anybody with a brain prays when they're in trouble. But what if we started praising when we're in trouble too? Well, that sounds great, but I just don't feel like it. You know how often we just feel like praising God? That's why the Bible calls it the sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice sometimes. Because you don't always feel like you may be feeling depressed and in the dumps. You may be feeling like you're surrounded by the enemy on every side. And the last thing you feel like doing is singing. It's the sacrifice of praise. And I'm telling you what, I can't tell you how many times in my life when I've been feeling it, man. I've been feeling the gloom. I've been feeling the fear. I've been feeling the enemy surrounding me. But I have dared to get up in the morning and sing praises to God. And I'm telling you, man, the walls come down. It works. But I don't feel like it. Do you feel like winning? I mean, I, hey, there's a lot of things we don't feel like doing, but it's a sacrifice to praise. I guarantee you Jesus did not feel like dying on a cross. He did not feel like getting beaten. He did not feel like getting mocked. He did not feel like getting stripped in front of his mother and beaten, but he did it anyway because it was a sacrifice. And he said, when I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Now, he was talking about being lifted up from the earth on a cross, but we can also apply that to when we lift him up in our praises, he draws all men unto him. And so everybody's praying, okay? Probably not enough. We uh, Definitely not enough. But... What if we added the weapon of praise to our arsenal also? You know, as uh, Brother Hagen was telling this story about this lady that had severe asthma. And, you know, this was back in the day when there wasn't as much treatment and advancement that we have now. But this lady had severe asthma and she'd been prayed for by every famous preacher in the country. She'd gone to every healing evangelist and nothing changed. She didn't get one single bit better. And one day a minister told her that he challenged her every time that you even think of the asthma, I dare you to just start praising God. Praise, praise God that you're healed. Praise God that Jesus took stripes and a beating on his back so that you could have healing in your body. And she's like, why would I praise God for something that hasn't even happened yet? He's like, I dare you to do it. And so she did. She did start praising God every day. 
when the asthma would try to come, she'd be cleaning the house. It would come on her. She'd, she'd drop it and start praising God. And she started doing this for a period of a few days. And she didn't even realize she was doing it all the time. But one day she stops and says, I haven't had an asthma attack in 30 days. And from that point forward, never again for the rest of her life did she ever again have asthma attack for the rest of her living days. But it all started when she began to start praising God while the wall was still there, while the sickness was still there, while the giant was still there. She dared to praise God anyway. And some of you are like, I just feel so dry right now. I feel like I'm in the dry season. I feel like I just need a breakthrough. I feel like I read the word and nothing's happening. I feel like it's just a struggle right now. Listen, praise will break through that struggle. Praise will break the dry season out of your life. Praise will crack the hardened heart and get you open to the presence of God and get you open to hearing from God again. I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. It's worked in my life. Brother Hagin told this story. I've told this before about this pastor, this preacher. He had tuberculosis. Now, back in the 40s, this was like the number one killer in the United States. So we, I mean, it's basically eradicated now, but back then, this was like public enemy number one. And so he had tuberculosis and he was dying of it. He eventually, he had to quit preaching. He had had hundreds, he had had thousands of people pray for him. Everywhere he went, had the entire church pray. Nothing got better. He only got worse. Just like that woman with the issue of blood that Jesus talks about. She tried everything. Nothing was working. It seemed like she was, he was only getting worse. And so finally, he had gone out to his uh, his mother and father-in-law's house to stay there because he was basically bedridden. And so one day he says, God, if you give me the strength, I'm going to crawl out to that tree stump out there in the middle of the field. And I'm going to lay there and pray to you until I either die or I get a miracle. And so with every ounce of strength he had, he crawls out to the middle of this field and lays on this giant tree stump. And just starts praying. And he was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And finally something on the inside of him said, just praise me for a minute. And so the only strength he had was to whisper. So he starts, I praise you, Lord. I praise you. And, 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 and he's with, it's barely a whisper. But the longer he's praising, it starts getting a little bit louder. And a little bit louder. And he crawls up on one knee and starts praising. He gets on two knees and starts praising. He stands up and he's getting louder and praising. And within a matter of minutes, he was shouting so loud, a farmer heard him a mile up the road and came to see what the commotion was. He was praising and shouting and praising and screaming God to God at the top of his lungs. And he had so much strength that he was 100% healed. Went to the doctor, the tuberculosis was all the way gone, but he praised God. And he got his healing. Now, there's a lot of ways that God can get a miracle to you. I get that. There's a lot of ways. But this is one way. You have to admit that. This isn't the only way. But this is one way that most of us have overlooked. Most of us just thought, if I get that preacher to lay hands on me, or, or if I beg enough, and, and if I do... There's a lot of ways for God to get the miracle to you. But believe me, this is definitely one way that God can get a breakthrough to you. If you will dare to praise Him... Even when the wall is still standing. And so I'm telling you that you need to start looking at praising God. Because what happens when you praise? 
it silences your soul so your spirit can receive. Now you're like, well, what, is, what in the world does that mean? Well, you, you, I don't, we're not going to teach on this tonight, but you as a human being are a three-part being just like God the Father. You know, your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's God, the Holy Trinity. You are spirit, soul, body, a three-part being. Well, most people think the spirit and soul are the same thing. That couldn't be because Hebrews 4.12 says us that the Word of God is alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides between soul and spirit. Two separate things. Paul said, I pray that God will anoint you, that God will keep your whole spirit, soul, and body. Paul, on several occasions, differentiated between spirit, soul, and body. There's a difference. And so your soul, as we study Scripture, is your emotions, your mind, your will. But your emotions can get you into a whole lot of trouble when you let them be in control. You'll do stupid things, say stupid things, and make terrible decisions if you let your soul be in control. But I found this out. When, I'm ha- when my emotions are trying to run me ragged, when my mind is just playing tricks on me, if I will stop and praise God, my soul gets silent. And my spirit becomes open to the presence of God. My spirit becomes receptive to God coming in and speaking to me. I'm telling you what, man. You need to start praising God. You need to really get it. It needs to be more than just music time at the church service. It needs to be a part of your life. Just like you read your Bible every day, hopefully. Just like you pray every day, hopefully. You need to be praising and worshiping the name of Jesus every day. That's where a lot of you are missing your breakthrough. Because you're doing some of the other good Christian stuff, but you're not doing this. Number two is this point. Praise will bring breakthrough. Praise will bring the breakthrough. I like some of the Brother Hagin said also. I've got a lot of stuff from him tonight. But he said, it's when we spend equal time in fellowshipping with the Lord in prayer and in singing praises that we see mighty manifestations of his power in our lives. He said, when it's, it's when we spend equal time in prayer and in praise to God that we start to see mighty manifestations of his power in our life. Brother Hagin also told this story about this this missionary girl, young lady, a missionary that had smallpox. And again, we're like, what? Listen, this is a killer disease, man. Killer. And so she had smallpox and she was like, God, why? Why do I still what's going on? Nothing's happening. And so she was praying and the Lord gave her a vision and she saw a, a, a scale, you know, one of the old fashioned scales for weighing things you And so on one side of the scale, it said prayer. And on the other side, it said praise. The side that said prayer was all the way loaded down and all the way to the ground. This was completely uneven. And the Lord said, look at that. You're all about prayer. That's all you've got. And that's great. Prayer is fantastic and wonderful. He said, but when you start to even and balance things out in your faith life, when you begin to balance things out in your fighting and your battle, You'll see a breakthrough. And so smallpox, she spends the next two days, pretty much 48 straight hours of praising God. Every second praising God. And guess what? She goes to the doctor and she's like, well, I don't feel it anymore. What's going on? Goes to the doctor. Smallpox is completely gone. Never returns again for the rest of her life. She had the prayer thing down. She was a person of the word and of prayer, but she was not a person of praise. Praise is not the only way, 
But it definitely is one key to your breakthrough. And a lot of us, we're all about prayer. We're all about the Word. And that is so fantastic. It's awesome. It's a big part of it. But you've got no praise in your life whatsoever. You don't even have any. I mean, none. You've got to balance this thing out and watch what God will do in your life. And so let's look at something here in New Testament. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Who's getting something tonight? Who's going to Carl's Jr. tonight to support Harvest Fest? Alrighty. I knew you would. I knew you would. I'll be down there. So Acts chapter 16, and this is, a, I mean, the perfect example of what we're talking about tonight. And so we know that Paul and Silas, they're just out doing the work of the Lord. They're out there ministering. They're out preaching and, 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 and witnessing and all this stuff. And uh, they cast the devil out of this girl that tells people's fortunes. And uh, it made her owners mad. She was a slave girl that could, you know, the, she was possessed. And she told people's fortunes. It was witchcraft. But Paul and Silas cast the devil out of her. And so her owners get mad. They're like, well, there goes our source of income. And so they have Paul and Silas arrested. And here's what happens. Uh, they're beaten. They're thrown into the prison. And in fact, they're in stocks. Right. And so that means your head's locked up and your arms and you're standing there like this. That's got to be a pretty unpleasant way to be. And so they are in a bad position. And look what happens. Are they going to sit around and, and, and complain? Are they going to sit around and cry? Acts 16, verse 25, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, that's good, and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And so we know this much. They were in the inner dungeon. They were, they were in, I mean, they were, they were down below everybody else. They were, they we're talking about thick walls here. Okay. They are, they're, they're separated from everybody else. They're like in the maximum security section of the prison here. And they're at midnight singing. And I don't think they were just barely singing. They had to be making some noise if all the other prisoners were listening. And so they're down there, they're, they're praising, they're, they're praying, they're singing hymns to God. And then verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. Because when we praise, God starts to shake things up a little bit. And it says, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. You call that, I mean, that, that's a breakthrough right there. They were in the worst possible situation. They'd been beaten to a pulp, locked up, put down there, and here they are. And what do they do? Do they do like most of us do? This ain't fair, man. I do nothing. I was doing the work of the Lord and this happens to me. So many Christians, so many of us, hey, we all face, I'm not making light of anybody's struggles, but we got a bunch of wimps on our hands every now and then. You know what I mean? Because we get a little struggle like, man, someone made fun of me for my faith. I was praying for my food at Carl's Jr. Someone gave me a dirty look. I'm being persecuted, Lord. I can't take this. And Paul and Silas are beaten to a pulp and they don't cry one time. They don't complain one time. They pray and praise. Did you notice that? It says they were praying, but they were also praising. They had the balance. They were doing both. Just like that story we told a minute ago. They weren't just praying. Thank God they were praying. No doubt about it. 
you got to pray. But they were also singing hymns. They were praising God. And when these two came together, breakthrough. God shook the situation. God shook the prison that they were in. And some of you are in a prison right now. And you're praying. You're pleading. You've been beaten. You Man, you've been whipped. And you're sitting there crying about it. And I feel awful for you. But listen. Why don't you throw some praise in there? Why don't you shake things up a little bit and give God some room to break you out of the thing that's holding you back? And so let's let, let's look at something here. Psalm 22, three, Psalm 22, three. And I'm going to read this in Paul's version, the King James version. No one me and dad have been telling that all day and nobody's laughing except my mom. That's funny. That's funny. They don't understand it. OK, I'm sorry. It's a funny joke. Paul couldn't have read the King James because it was written in 1611. He was dead. Anyway. So, yeah. See, that's why I don't tell jokes because I always have to explain them. I've told one successful joke in my 11 years of preaching. Jose knows what it is. But anyway, Psalm 22.3, King James. And David was a man of praise. People are like, well, how how is he so... It tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. And you, you probably know that. But how many other people does it say that about? No, none of the other people in the Bible. And of course, there's, I believe that there were people after God's own heart. But the scripture doesn't say that about anybody else. Moses was great. Abraham was great. I like Joshua. I like Gideon. I like all sorts of these guys. But David, it specifically says, was a man after God's own heart. And David, as we know, was definitely... A man of praise. Psalm 22, 3. King James, it says, David wrote, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. And we could say this, you are, you inhabit the praises of your people. Well, what does that mean? I can tell you this much, that praising God creates an atmosphere for Him to absolutely dwell within your life. Now, we do have tons of verses that tells us that God hears our prayers, right? So first John, right? It says we can be confident. First John five, that we know that he hears our prayers. when We ask anything that pleases him. There's a lot of verses that tell us he hears our prayers. And I'm so happy about that. But this tells me right here that God actually inhabits my praises. Well, what does it mean to inhabit something? Well, I inhabit my house in Barstow. What does that mean? I live there. I dwell there. It's where I exist. It's where I move about and do what I need to do. I, I dwell. I inhabit that house. Well, when I'm a person of praise, I'm giving God. God inhabits. He lives there. He dwells there. And it seems like some people are like, man, it seems like they just always got the presence of God in their life. And I just don't know why I pray for it. And I, I don't know why the presence of God. Well, God inhabits praises. Obviously, you're, you know, not being me, but you must not be much of a person of praise and worship if you don't ever have the presence of God. But I can tell you this much. I know some people, man, that they are worshipers, they are praisers, and they've got the presence of God in their lives. And listen. To be in the presence of God, there's nothing else in this world like it. Nothing else in this world like it. To be in the presence of God Almighty. And you're like, well, that sounds great. I can't wait to get to heaven. You can have it right here. Yeah, I can't wait to get to heaven. Yeah, I can't wait to see Him face to face. Absolutely. 
That's going to be the best thing ever. But I can go into the very presence of God right here, right now. The New Testament tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain favor in our time. I can come boldly to God's throne. I can come. In the Old Testament, you couldn't do that. The priest had to go for you. And if he didn't have things right, he'd die. But here you are, a New Testament born-again Christian, and it says you have the right to come boldly into the throne room of God. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would I not do that? What if some, I mean, what if someone said, listen, that's Jesus' room right there. You just go on in anytime you want to. He says you can hang out with him, be in his presence. I mean, I'd be there every day, wouldn't you? Right? Well, guess what? You can. You can do that. You can come boldly into the throne room of God. And God inhabits, He dwells, He moves in the praises of His people. My gosh, that's beautiful. God hears my prayers. I love it. But He inhabits my praises. Why am I not praising God? Why am I only praying? Why am I only... Listen, it's all great stuff. But a lot of us are missing it. A lot of us feel dry. A lot of us don't have breakthrough. A lot of us feel surrounded and overwhelmed. And it's because we aren't people of praise. And I'm telling you what, man, this will change your life. And I know sometimes we can overcomplicate praise. It's such a simple thing. Such a simple thing. You know, we're like, well, if I could play guitar, if I could sing like that, it's not about your ability it's not about, it has nothing to do with your, to praise God takes no talent whatsoever. It just takes you having a right heart before God. I don't care what I sound like. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sing praises to God. I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm talented at it. He's not asking me to be the praise and worship leader for the church. Yeah, you need a little talent to do that. We're not just going to put you up there with a mic in your hand. But it takes no talent to be a person of praise. It just takes a right heart before God. And we overcomplicate it. And I'm telling you, it's not complicated to just praise God. And so if you need a breakthrough in your life, it takes a combination of weapons, man. It takes the Word of God. It takes the Word of God. It takes prayer, absolutely. But I'm telling you what, man, to get a a, a breakthrough, you're going to need some praise mixed in with that other stuff too. And watch what God can do in your life. And the third thing I'm going to say tonight is this. Remember the reason you're praising. Remember the reason. Now, we, we have seen that obviously praising God is going to bring victory and breakthrough in your life. I, I mean, that's undebatable. We've shown plenty of Scripture tonight to show you that absolutely praise will bring a breakthrough in our lives. But we need to remember the reason and the one that we are praising. Well, I'll do this. I'm going to praise because I need it right now. I need a breakthrough. Don't let that be your only reason for praising God. You need to love God so much that praise is just something that comes out of your mouth, man. You know some of those Christians that they just use praise all the time, like, oh, praise the Lord. All right. It's in their hearts. They, they want to praise the Lord. You know, and so that's their go-to phrases. And you can identify someone. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So whatever's in your heart is going to come out. And so I see so many Christians that all the time, oh, glory to God, praise God, it's okay, we'll get them next time. Hallelujah, 
praise the Lord, God is good, and that's their go-to phrases. Instead of like, oh man, darn it, oh, you know, instead of that stuff coming out of their mouths, it's praise God, nah, God is glory to God. And why is that? Why would they say that? Well, it's what's in their heart. So whenever something happens, it's just, it comes out of their heart. When they hit their thumb with a hammer, oh, praise God, oh man. I know people that do that. My dad, he does that. And so I'm telling you, I know people that do that. Why? Because that's what's in their hearts. If cursing and, I mean, when you hit your thumb with a hammer, we're not going to hear praise the Lord. We're going to hear some other stuff, right? I know. Hey, listen, it's what's in your heart. And we're, you know, it's between you and God. But I'm telling you, listen, what is the abundance of your heart? Your mouth is going to speak. Jesus said that. And so remember the reason you're praising. And it's not that hard. Think about what God's brought you through. When I think that he healed me of leukemia, it's not that hard to at least say thank you for that. I'm pretty thankful that he healed me of leukemia. I mean, that hurt. (laughs) That was painful, man. That was awful. I didn't like it. But the Lord brought me through it. Hallelujah. And so if nothing else, I can praise God for that. I can praise God for all sorts of things that he's brought me through. He's preserved me. He's saved me. He's healed me. He's brought me joy. He's brought me peace. I can praise God. And listen, anytime that I, you ever just wake up and you just feel like, oh, you just know it's going to be one of those days, man. You ever feel that? Like you just, before you even get out of bed, it's a Monday, Monday, Monday. Listen, Monday could be fun day if you learn how to praise. Monday could be, Mondays could be awesome. Every day could be, and, and Katie makes fun of me. She's like, you live in Pleasantville. You're just happy all the time. You're, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am, man. I'm a happy dude, but I got the joy of the Lord. And why is that? Because whenever depression, whenever bad, gloomy feelings try to hit me, I start singing, man. I start singing praises to God. And I don't always sing the most cutting edge, you know, Hillsong United just came out with it. Yeah. No, I just start singing the songs from my childhood. Jesus loves me this. Oh, yeah. Woo. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my. Yeah. So, you know, when you start singing, listen, it brings the joy of the Lord. And, and I, there's no way depression, gloom, sorrow, bad day. One it has never one time when I've chose to sing praises to God, not one time ever has sorrow and sadness stayed upon me when I've praised God. Now, I mean you, I don't know, I've never, I don't know about your life, but every time I'm having a bad day, if I will choose to make the sacrifice of praise, sadness leaves me. And for me, it's been 100% of the time. There's never been one time that this hasn't worked for me. Not, not ever one time that this has not worked for me. It's been fail-proof. And sometimes I'm stupid and hard-headed. I'm like, you know, and, 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 I, and, I, and I don't go to praise. I don't know why. But, but every time that I turn to praise, whenever sadness and sorrow and bad days trying to knock on my door, it brings confusion to the enemy and it builds me. I bypass my soul and I start living out of my spirit. God inhabits the praises of his people. And I did, man, I just feel great. I feel wonderful. I love it. I love life, man. I love my life. My life is awesome. And yours is too. Because Jesus is the Lord of your life. Amen? And so I believe that if you will start praising God, you're going to start seeing some of this. Let's look at 
my last place tonight is Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. So it's okay to make a little noise. You know what I mean? I got no beef about that. So you quiet people don't judge the loud ones. You loud ones don't judge the quiet. I mean, if they're praising God, you praise God, man. Do it. Praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong. You need. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I, I, I can't, you know, just just me. I don't I can't do a quiet church. I, I'm sorry. I, and I've been to some where it is extremely hard to stay awake. I invited a little, well, we brought a little neighbor boy to church the other night on Wednesday night with us. He's our little neighbor. And he's like, every time I go to church, I fall asleep. And so does my dad. I'm like, church, hey, out of the mouths of babes, right? <laughs> so, but I'm telling you, man, I don't, I don't do quiet church. I can't stand that. And, I'm, you know, there's a time for quiet. There's a time for holy silence. I get that. But there's also a time to praise God and open your, your pie hole and sing some praises to God. Amen. So here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 36. This is Jesus riding into Jerusalem. It says, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing. As they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. This is what they were saying. They were praising God right here. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And I guarantee you, man, if you're going to get loud and praise God, it's going to make religious people really angry. Every time. Man, would you? Apply that guy down. He's being loud for. We're in the place of holy reverence. Silence. And I just, there's something about it, man. When you're going to be loud and praise God, when you're going to, when you're going to be like David and not care what anybody thinks about you, you're, because it's, it's God you're trying to get with, not everybody else in there. It's God that you're trying to get his, you're trying to worship him. You're trying to lift him up, not everybody else. Then you don't care. And so, it's going to rub religious people the wrong way. It's going to make them mad. It's going to make them say, he needs, to, he needs to be quiet. And so, you think Jesus said, you're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. These, they're crazy. They're Pentecostals. They get loud. They scream and yell. Uh, they're nuts. I've tried, and I can't keep them quiet. That's not what he said. Verse 40, he replied, if they keep quiet... The stones along the road would burst into cheers. Amen. The King James says if they're signed, the, 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 the rocks will cry out. And so Jesus said, I'm going to get praised one way or another. And if the people aren't going to do it, the rocks are going to have to do it because it is going to happen. I will be praised. God will be praised. And if you're not going to do it. Somehow it's going to happen. And if he has to have the rocks cry out and burst into cheers, they'll do it. And so wouldn't that be sad if God couldn't find anybody in Barstow to praise him? So we had to have the rocks cry out and praise him because we were all so holy silent. Wouldn't that be pathetic? And so I'm telling you, I'm not going to have a rock do my job. We've already computerized so many jobs in this nation that a computer does most of our work anyway. Or you, you can bring in a monkey to come, you know, do your. But listen. There's not going to be a rock that's going to do my job. I will not be outdone by a rock. 
if I can't do anything else right, I can praise God. I may not be able to solve every problem. I may not be able to fix things and make things and invent things. But I can praise God. I am smart enough to do that. And I'm not going to have a rock outdo me. And so what is it that you're facing tonight? What is it that's been holding you back? What is that wall that's surrounding your promised land? What is it? Only you know what it is. But I can guarantee you this much. Part of the key to your victory is becoming a person of praise. You've probably been praying. I'm, I would guess if you're a Christian, you've probably been reading the Word, standing on it. But you need to also become a person of praise and watch God bring the walls down. Watch God shake the prison. Watch God bring confusion to the enemy as He did in Second Chronicles. And watch Him bring you through to victory. Who thinks they could start doing a little bit better in the praise department? I know we all could. Amen. Let's stand up together tonight. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.